Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on this Wednesday night from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. Go to TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch for your first workout free Tuesdays and Thursdays. You guys know that that's my TrueMath days. That's when I go in for personal training. You can go get personal training if you want. You can go and join any of their group classes. Their schedule is flexible for you, whether you want to go morning, afternoon, or in the evening. TrueMath Fitness, the best workout possible. TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. And Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports app. Plug in the promo code ATOZ, and they will match your first bet up to $250. Terms and conditions apply at Superbook.com. DeAndre Hopkins. And looking at all the different options that are on the table for this man. One of the biggest, and let me not say the biggest, one of the loudest arguments against DeAndre Hopkins being signed by the Tennessee Titans is what? It's the idea that the Titans have signed Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, traded for Julio Jones. None of those three veteran, formerly great wide receivers panned out for the Titans. Hopkins and Julio, uh, Julio when he was traded for, about the same age as DeAndre Hopkins is right now. So what's the difference at this point? Well, Alberto, who brought up uh, the idea that they are the same, D-Hop played in 19 of the last 34 games. Now, I'm going to fact check that quickly on pro football reference. He did play in 10 games uh, in Arizona uh, in 2021, nine games in Arizona in 2022 out of a possible 34 in 17 regular seasons, uh, 17 game regular seasons. Yes, that is an accurate figure, but those two situations are not created the same. He did have injuries in 2021 that cost him time. He was, uh, in fact, that was the worst statistically career uh, year of DeAndre Hopkins' career. He had eight touchdowns, but he only had 572 yards. Uh, it was a career low in receptions, career low in targets, and he did play 10 games, but did miss some time. Um, the year prior, he was a Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver, uh, and that's that was a streak of four consecutive Pro Bowls Three consecutive All-Pros going back to 2017 through 2019 for DeAndre Hopkins. And last year, he was a certified badass, even though he missed six games with a PED suspension. Now, once he got back on the field, he was totally fine. Those injuries that plagued him in 2021, they were not a factor. So while you are citing correctly an, an availability issue, those availability issues are not created the same. And I'm going to explain to you why that's the case. But I want to ask you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, your Two Rivers Ford take, what's the biggest difference between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins at this stage of their career? It's your Two Rivers Ford take. As always, it is made possible by the great folks at Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. 40 years in the business is Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, what is the biggest difference between DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones? Uh, Eric Castillo says, not shit. Um, uh, they're changing offensive philosophy this year, and they need a top-notch receiver, says Rodney. William Romer just wants 
Do you have to make a decision? That's not going to happen for several more weeks. In fact, I don't think it's going to happen even at the start of training camp. I think he's going to drag this out for quite some time. The difference, says Amar, is Julio is washed and D-Hop can still play at a high level. Nathaniel th- says the uh, that the will to want to play and not just for a check. Oh, okay. So you're saying that Julio Jones was just in it for the check. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And DeAndre Hopkins was not. DeAndre Hopkins, the thing that's most important to him this offseason is money. So, in fact, I think you have those things flipped. Now, Julio Jones, while money was important to him, money was not the most important thing. If money was the most important thing, he wouldn't have played for Tampa Bay last year. Um, now, I do think that there is a degree of, hey, try to make the money where you can. Doesn't mean that he's not a competitive player. Julio Jones was still a highly competitive player. Julio Jones uh, went above and beyond, went above and beyond, even though his body continued to fail him. So, while I understand your frustrations with Julio, that's not a fair characterization of what Julio Jones's time here was. Now, I will say that the one of the biggest negative impacts that Julio had was on AJ. And uh, this is something that I talked to uh, people in the locker room uh, after the fact about um, Julio Jones and his influence on AJ. A lot of the reasons why AJ, you know, ended the way that AJ did is the influence that Julio had on him. He was very much in AJ's ear. And of course, AJ, very impressionable, understandably so, very much looking up to Julio Jones. Why wouldn't he? Um, and I'm not saying that Julio was wrong to influence AJ as far as contract negotiations and things like that go, because ultimately ended up ended up working out really, really well for AJ Brown. But I do think that was one of the most detrimental uh, impacts of the Julio Jones situation. Um, so like I said, I understand your frustrations, but that's not a fair characterization. Uh, Jimbo correctly says we're all in it for a check. I don't, <clears throat> I don't do four shows every Wednesday, like four consecutive shows every Wednesday. I don't do five radio shows a week. I don't do five primetime shows a week. I don't do two additional podcasts a week. Don't write two articles a week because I, you know, just for the, for the love of the game, right? That's not me. <laughs> I do it because they pay me really, really well to do all of the things that I do. I, it's a great job. Like I said. But it is a job. And while it may seem like the playground to you, and it absolutely is the playground by any stretch of the imagination, it's still what I do for a living, right? It's how I pay my mortgage, how I, you know, how I make sure that the cats, uh, that the uh, that the cats have, uh, you know, adequate food and shelter and all these things. It's how I pay my bills. It's all of it, right? We all do these things for the check. So uh, I think that uh, I think that when you go through all the different elements of this, if you're going to accuse Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or any of these players, Taylor Lewan, um, Robert Walsh, whomever you want to accuse of just doing it for the bag, understand, yeah, that's what we all do. So I think that that's kind of, you know, that's that's a, uh, it's a bit of a ridiculous criticism because Jimbo says it 100% correctly. We are all in it for a check. Uh, Jackie Hulbert says, Buck, get me a job. My cat wants your cat's life. <laughs> My, uh, I wish, I mean, I could, I suppose, uh, turn, turn this in the direction of where Leo's not in here with me, but Frank is, uh, sleeping very comfortably in the office right now. I do not want to, uh, disrupt the entirety of the primetime proceedings to show you guys the office, but there is young Francis sleeping in her bed, very comfortably living in the lap of luxury. 
here in the uh, the palatial <laughs> rising estate. <laughs> David Corbett says your social life must suffer. No, I was all kinds of lit up at Bonnaroo this weekend, baby. I was having the time of my life. I went to a went to a wedding in Indiana on Saturday. Drove back to Nashville at five in the morning. Went to Bonnaroo on Sunday for fifteen hours with Bert and Lucas, and we had a hell of a time. My social life basically. I don't go to weddings. Uh, if you get married during football season, I will not be there. It's just a kind of rule. For example, I'm going to Vegas this weekend for uh, a friend of mine's bachelor party, but I can't go to his wedding because his wedding is the first weekend of training camp. So, yes, there are uh, there are some social life sacrifices, but for the most, I uh, for the most part, we continue to soldier on. Anyway, uh, let us uh, let us continue uh, to discuss the differences between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. The biggest difference to me was laid out today by Greg Cosell. We are back doing uh, updated episodes of the install. We had been cutting up, or the uh, the production staff at the radio station had been cutting up into pieces and parts, into five or six pieces and parts, the live show that we did at the Analog. Today was the first day that we, Greg and I have done a new one since the live show um, last May. So Greg and I got into, obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins situation. And what I asked him was, well, Greg, the way that this guy plays, it's not necessarily something that is going to age poorly over time. And I thought the way that Greg laid it out was as good an explanation as you'll hear. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, at this point of his career, what do you see when you watch him on tape in that Arizona offense, understanding that uh, his PED suspension cost him some time, but when he got back out on the field, he still found ways to be hugely productive. Without question. I mean, he missed the first six games, and I think he caught close to 75 balls. I mean, don't forget, his game is not built on vertical speed. You know, he is not a burner. You know, anytime he gets vertical, it's for reasons other than pure speed. Um, And I think that he is as refined and subtle a route runner as there is in the game. I think that his ability to create just enough separation at the top of his route stem is really, really high level. We know he has great, great hands. You know, DeAndre Hopkins reminds me of a conversation I had years ago when I interviewed Chris Carter. And I remember I asked Chris Carter about his off-season routine. And he said to me, I try to work on the things that I'm not good at. So the things I so the thing I don't work on is catching the ball because I'm really good at that. And he was right. I mean, the way he said it, it came across, you know, in, in sort of an egotistical way. But of course, great players in every sport are egotistical to a certain extent. They have to be. That's sure. just the nature of performing at a high level. But I'll never forget Chris Carter saying that. And DeAndre Hopkins, the same. DeAndre Hopkins has great, great hands. He catches everything. He creates just enough separation. He's deceptive run after catch. In other words, he's not, you don't see him catch it and you go, wow, look at the juice that this guy has. But he's got this deceptive ability to to kind of make people miss in a short space. And he's physical and he's competitive. And, you know, obviously he'd be the kind of guy that could help a wide receiver room. He could help a quarterback, whether it's a veteran like Ryan Tannehill or a young quarterback like Will Levis. You know, he has that, that understanding of the game he's still a really productive receiver. That's what you're looking for. You know, we can debate styles of play. You know, that that's a different question. I mean, obviously, like I said, he's not just going to run by corners, but, you know, he's a productive wide receiver who knows how to get open, knows how to run routes, can line up outside, can line up inside, understands how different splits, receiver splits impact the, the way you run routes. He's just a 
really professional, detailed receiver. That's the difference. It's in the way that they're aging. A to Z Sports Primetime is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get the Intel edge you need to succeed. Don't sell without the Intel that you'll get at GaryAshton.com. That's the biggest difference between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Julio's aging process, Julio can still do the things that have made Julio Jones great, but he can't do them for very long. His body, the way that his body is aging, the explosiveness with which Julio goes about doing his job, running his routes, stopping and starting, his hamstrings at when the at the time that they traded for him, 31 heading into 32, they just weren't able to bear that kind of strain at this point. DeAndre Hopkins has had injuries before in his career. No, no player plays as long as DeAndre Hopkins does and is without injury. And listen, at some point, his body will break down in a similar way. But I think that uh I think that when you look at the situation for DeAndre Hopkins. Every reason that Greg just laid out is why his game is going to age better. Hopkins doesn't do it the way that Julio does. Hopkins isn't a straight-line burner. Hopkins isn't a great separator by conventional terms. But all the different nuances and, of course, his physical gifts, he's got hands the size of your head. He is a player that, while it may not be, you know, it may not be five years, he can continue to perform at a high level for at least, you know, I would say two to three years in some form or fashion because everything that he does, it's not predicated on overwhelming athletic gifts or physical traits. Those things help him be elite, but the things that make him a top-flight wide receiver, it's not aging in the same way. Royal Wright says he has what I call tricky speed. That's, That's what I'm saying, like, deceptive you know it's it's sometimes used for white white football players right or white athletes deceptively quick or you know sneaky athletic or all these things but that's deandre hopkins like that's that's who he is and i think that when you look at the ways uh when you look at the ways that they can that this player goes about the job that he does and if you go back and look at last season the dude is a dog like he just goes out there and busts ass. Like this is the kind of player that it makes all the sense in the world for the Titans to add. Whether he ends up choosing them or not, that's uh, remains to be seen. But I think for the Titans, he makes all the sense in the world. And I, you know, we had Diana Rossini on the radio show today. She, uh, you can check that out in the, I think it's the second hour of the podcast of the radio show. Uh, it was a quick, uh, brief visit because her schedule got kind of derailed with. Uh, she was on Mike Greenberg's radio show. Greeny kept her a little longer uh, in the window that she was supposed to do a full segment with us. And then she had to be on Sports Center. So we did like eight minutes with Diana at the top of the hour. And we're grateful that she spent any time with us at all today. But what she said is Kansas City's not really in this thing in the way that some people might paint them just because it's more interesting for Kansas City to potentially be involved, uh, involved in the DeAndre Hopkins pursuit. They're not actively pursuing him. If it happens, great, but they're not actively pursuing him the way that the Titans and the Patriots are. So the Titans are very, very much in this thing, and right now it's a two-horse race. So um, training camp, they don't report for training camp until July 25th. It's a lot, a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time before uh, between now and July 25th, more than a month at this point. 
So, you know, I understand that you want a, uh, I understand that you want more immediate uh, solutions, resolutions on this for DeAndre Hopkins. But the reality of the situation is if he, if he's signed by July 25th, I'll honestly be surprised because I think this dude is going to, you know, potentially drag this thing out into training camp just uh, until, just until he sees whether or not he can get another more lucrative offer than the two that uh, have been not given to him, but the two that he knows he has access to right now. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about the deepest position group on the roster. What would you say that it is? On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, we'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMavFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. Nobody puts you in better positions to succeed. Nobody will help you improve your fitness the way that TrueMav Fitness can do. Their coaching staff, awesome. Their workout schedule, great for group workout classes. If you want to go in the morning, get in and out in 40 minutes from stretch to finish. It is the best and most efficient workout that you will find. If you want to do it on your own time, they have an open gym. You can just sign up for their memberships, give you access to the group classes, to personal training. If you like, I personally go to per- go to TrueMav for personal training every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 8 a.m. So hopefully I'll see some of you guys soon for your workout. For your first workout is free at TrueMavFitness.com. So uh, if you're ever there and there on a Tuesday or Thursday morning, I'll see you there. So uh, looking at the position groups for the Titans, what's the deepest, would you say? Uh, well, we draft a running back every year. <laughs> uh, did they? When's the last running back they drafted before Spears? No, I, I mean, I guess they did take Hassan Haskins last year. And the year before that, um, I don't believe there was a running back drafted, but Darrington Evans was a part of that horrendous 2020 class. Uh, they have drafted a fair amount of running backs, given the, you know, given the idea that not a lot of other running backs play beyond Derrick Henry. I do like the running back group, and that was something that my uh, colleague, Kayla Anderson, who is on the radio show before mine every morning from 6 to 10 a.m., Apparently, that was the case that she was making on their show. The NFL. But Kayla, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah. Uh, based on what you've seen at practice and just the moves this team has made over the offseason, where does your brain go first when you think of deepest position groups on this Titans roster? Well, because we've talked about one person specifically, but not the group as a whole, I think running back position is definitely got to be one of the deepest positions on this team. And I think that's maybe not where your brain will first go because we've talked about this as well. Yeah. It's the uh, the position that's a little bit underrated, but not mm-hmm. on this team and should never be underrated, at least how they continue to use that running back position. Um, and now you're kind of seeing these backs, at least what we've seen so far in OTAs and minicamp, like, I think they're going to be involved in the passing game a little bit more. Even a guy like Tajay Spears, who's new, we're seeing his ability to be a natural pass catcher. And they've been working on a lot of that without going into detail because we can't. Yeah. But then you still have your guy, the king, Derrick Henry, is still doing things for this team. 
as many carries as he's had, uh, even after the foot injury, yep. he's still the king. He's still number one. But now you got Tajay Spears. Let's not forget about Hassan Haskins, who I still think has a lot of potential to do some good things for this team. Ramon has harped on this time and time again. Don't count out Hassan Haskins. And then behind him, y'all, is Julius Chestnut, which we forget about sometimes um a guy that has done stuff um who has shown some good moments who can come in at any given time and maybe you know fill in if there's an injury or whatever like that position is freaking deep Mm -hmm. so that is uh the case for the running back position is the deepest group on the roster and it's a good argument. Uh, you know, I don't really give a shit about Julius Chestnut, but how many teams have like four deep at any position, four deep, like four truly good players? I don't know. I don't, I have no idea whether Hassan Haskins is good or not. And uh, Spears just got here, but they don't have great depth anywhere is really the answer to the question. The depth on this roster is truly suspect and the deepest position group. Uh, the deepest position group by a mile is uh, punter because they have a, somebody who was already in the NFL Hall of Fame um, for setting the record as a rookie uh, for the, I think I think it was the average net punt yards in a season for Stonehouse. Either way, uh, I can't remember the exact record that he broke, but he's an NFL Hall of Fame record holder in his rookie season. So the answer is punter, truly and honestly. Now, quarterback... You could make an interesting case for quarterback. I don't know that I would, but I think to go three deep functionally with two of those players having starting NFL experience, one of them, uh, one of those two, very, very much suspect in Malik Willis, but, you know, who's to say that he can't improve substantially? Stephen King says, look, it's Burt's new friends. Yes, we've sent him away to the morning show, and that's where we will relegate him. Uh, from 6 to 10 every morning. It's a wonder that he manages to make it to primetime every night because, uh, un- unfortunately for me, I still have visitation rights with Bert in the divorce. But uh, looking at the si- situation for the Titans, Trippin' Titans, I think, says it accurately. Quarterback is same as running back. Don't know what you've got yet. And I think that uh, I think that that's probably accurate. So those are more important positions. Punter is the answer, even though there's just one player there. Punter truly is the answer. But quarterback and running back are probably the next two. It's just the unknowns behind the starting players right now. While the starting players are definitely above average by any measure, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill above average players at their position. I don't know enough about what's behind them to say that truly those positions have depth. Hassan Haskins, whatever. Spears just got here. Julius Chestnut, no thanks. Levis, no idea what to make of that dude. Willis, he, he had a lot of work to do. So uh, I uh, I think that uh, I think that when you look at all the different ways that you could talk about this, Jacob Ray says, doesn't deep imply more than one? You know, it can, but I do think for the purposes of this exercise, if we're going to apply this to all position groups, there's not a deeper or uh, uh, there's not a position that is more fortified on the roster than the punning situation. Um, deep, you know, I'm, I might accept running back just because I've seen them replace Derrick Henry just fine. Like, 
you know, they're obviously a better football team with Derrick Henry than without that with Derrick Henry than without Derrick Henry. But like the year that in 21, when they had to replace Derrick, like they put together a completely functional running game and they were, you know, it took two players to score as many touchdowns in nine games as Derrick did by himself in eight. And that's not insignificant by any stretch of the imagination, but like Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman very effectively placed, uh, replaced Derrick Henry in that moment. So maybe running back just by nature of running back being more disposable, but I would say that punter, um, I would say the punter is probably the best position group on the roster just by nature of him being so overwhelmingly better at what it is that he does than every other player on the team, which, you know, sounds familiar for Titans fans. Cough, cough, Brett Curran. Major Keys says, why don't we talk about the O-line? I want to know about that guy from Maryland. They say he doesn't like football, but has all the attributes to be a God tackle. I don't know about that last part. I don't want to talk about offensive line until they put pads on. I don't give a shit about offensive line who are just standing there going through the motions in seven on seven. That's basically what OTAs is. Now, um, you know, I know that's not what you want to hear, and they did get plenty of good work done, like working on the technical side of things, hand placement, uh, how they combat certain moves from pass rushers, even though the rush isn't live at these points. But it's basically seven on seven football, and you know who doesn't really participate in seven on seven football? Offensive line and defensive line. Really, the running game. I have no idea what to make of the running game because these dudes don't have pads on. So, um, not to say that we're going to wait six weeks to talk about the offensive line, but we're going to wait six weeks to talk about the offensive line. I just There's nothing from the last month and a half of, of Titans' voluntary or mandatory work that told us anything about the offensive line other than the five starting players that it sounds like they're going to roll into training camp with whether they end up being the same five by the time training camp's over that remains to be seen uh jacob ray uh says duncan has the physical traits he's just very lazy hoping chig and jacob copeland can motivate him there's nothing to indicate that there's laziness that's entirely speculation jacob in fact i think that's reckless and i think that's wrong so i would not uh, agree with that assessment i don't know jalen duncan like that there's been nothing around him now there has been some things to question you know does he love football quite as much? But that's not the same thing as laziness. Um, so I would not be reckless with that speculation in any way, shape, or form. If that ends up being the case, then you can come back and tell me how right you were and how wrong I was. But like I said, unless you know something I don't, and that's possible, but I would say that uh, in the last month and a half of me spending time around Jalen Duncan, that's not been the assessment whatsoever. So um, we'll keep an eye on that situation uh, at this point. Uh, Eric Castillo says, is Corey Levin and Jordan Ruse still on the team? Yes, they are. And, uh, Ruse, I thought, uh, Ruse, I thought acquitted himself pretty well, uh, when it came, when it came to, uh, having to fill in for Nate Davis down the stretch. But, um, you know, I think that Jordan Ruse will have to take that job away from Daniel Brunskill if he wants to truly compete. Now we'll see what happens, uh, at this point, rising and falling. Let's get to the last segment of the night here on a to Z sports prime time, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports. You could say the Vols, their stock went down. I'm watching LSU and Wake Forest in the bottom of the eighth right now. As a matter of fact, could have been Tennessee. It was not. They lost five, nothing stock down on the Vols stock up. Who's to say you can pick any number of stock up or stock down candidates. You can do that while I tell you that the primetime show is presented by Superbook sports. Download the app today. They'll match your first bet up to $250, win or lose. Nobody has better odds boosts and promo bets than Superbook Sports. They're the best in the business, and as I said, 
That promo code will give you access to all the best odds boost and promotions out there. So download the app, plug in the promo code A2ZATOZ, superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1 800 889 9789. So, looking at the situation for this week in sports, stock up or stock down? Vols definitely stock down. Braves, says Royal Wright, keeps going up. The Cincinnati Reds, Steve Kayser, they're the hottest team in baseball. To say that about the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm I'm not I'm not a baseball fan, like to be completely honest with you, but the team that I saw went to the most games of, for sure, the Reds, just by proximity. Uh Reds games and Cardinals games were always close um i had a lot of friends who were cardinals fans they want to go to st louis all the time great american ballpark where uh, the reds play in cincinnati cincinnati also not a terrible town uh in the summertime so like to go and hang out go see a baseball game it's it's not the worst um great american is a really cool ballpark as i said so seeing a lot of reds games in my day the idea that they are the hottest team in baseball this year um is or at least in the last couple of weeks that's wild it's just wild to even say out loud. The Reds have been a nothing, nowhere franchise for my entire lifetime. Uh, and here they are out here killing it. Uh, stock down, though, is Brandon Miller, the stud uh, forward from Alabama who is being interviewed ahead of this week's NBA draft. Brandon Miller gave a ridiculous answer to a timeless question. Who is the GOAT in the NBA? <laughs> and the response that he gave was neither Jordan nor LeBron. Brandon, you said you were wearing black and red at the draft, right? Jordan wore black and red as a member of the Bulls. Here's my question unrelated to that. You're young. Older people, young people often have this LeBron and Michael conversation. I'm not going to ask you who's the greatest because that's old. But because you've been in Michael's presence and because you grew up liking LeBron, as a young person, do you feel like that conversation is just overdone? No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the goal of basketball. I think my goal of basketball is Paul George. So, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. Right? That's it. When you talk with Michael, what is something, was that when you went through your draft process, was that the first time you met? Okay, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. This man just said Paul George is the greatest of all time in, in the NBA. <laughs> I, I have been, just by proximity, Pacers games all the time. Paul George as the focal point for those Pacers teams that went up against LeBron, Wade, Bosh, and the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was, it was Paul George, Lance Stevenson, and Roy Hibbert, right? Not necessarily the kind of super team that you imagine they would give those heat teams fits year in and year out paul george is a really really good basketball player the idea that paul george is the greatest of all time of anything shit he's not even the greatest pacer <laughs> i mean it's he, he's not the greatest clipper he's not he's not the greatest member of the oklahoma city thunder paul george paul george is the butt of a lot more jokes than a whole lot of nba basketball players I have no idea what's happened to Paul George at the end of his career. I haven't seen shit about Paul George in the last, I want to say, two or three years, really. That Brandon Miller, who has an argument to be the number one, well, Victor Wembanyama is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. 
um, where Brandon Miller ends up landing uh, TBD, but he's probably going to be a top five pick. <laughs> it's craziness that that would even come out of his mouth. Everything that Brandon Miller knows about basketball, stock the stock the bleep down. Ken Kanev says, just literally broke a rib laughing. It's wild. Like, this man who called himself Playoff P, Paul George, and won absolutely nothing of consequence his entire NBA career. Uh, I just, respectfully to Paul George, Paul George has had a successful NBA career. Paul, I mean, I don't know if Paul George is going to end up in the NBA Hall of Fame, in the Basketball Hall of Fame. A lot of people do. But, woof. Man, do I struggle with Brandon Miller's assessment of Paul George as the greatest of all time, respectfully. Uh, stock up uh, at this point. Stock up, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I just now saw who Bert said is the interview E in this next clip that we are getting ready to play for you. Jill Jelnick of Fox, Sport, Fox 17. Uh, Jill Jelnick caught up with George Kittle, who is in town for tight end university. So is Gronk. I saw Luan and Compton were out there today, chopping it up with uh, those in attendance at tight end U. And certainly uh, George Kittle is uh, always a great interview. It's very special to you. The third annual tight ends university. You're raising awareness for literacy for kids. Not only are you teaching them the skills, how to be an NFL tight end someday, yeah. but also raising awareness to a special passion of yours. Why literacy? Um, well, really for me, I grew up, um, I learned how to read by reading the fun, uh, the newspaper funnies every single day. We get the newspaper and I just read the comics. That's how I learned how to read. And, um, what I love about reading is whether you're reading like, uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, just anything kind of like that. I'm, I'm big into the sci-fi fantasy stuff. It just kind of puts you in different worlds and it makes your imagination grow. And like, it just puts you in all these different spots that you would never experience, you know, just sitting on your couch at home. And so... I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I love reading. I love the adventures you go on while you're reading. And I just think kids should really continue to read because I think phones are a big distraction. There's a lot of technology out there. There's video games that are fun. But like when you sit down and read a good book and you get lost in it, it's a pretty cool experience. So I just want kids to So that's Kittle uh, and, and doing great work for uh, youth illiteracy and tight end you being in Nashville every year. Such a cool thing. Um, so Bird is probably going to get mad at me because we have a fine system on the radio show when I do this. But uh, I'm very excited to go to Lawan's house next Tuesday because Taylor Lawan is hosting his annual Beer Olympics. Now, I'm not competing this year. I'm not on one of the teams that they have announced. But I am there simply as an invitee, uh, and I'm looking forward uh, to hanging out. I know Kittle and DeForest Buckner, the Colts defensive end, are on a team. I'm looking at the teams right now. Uh, this really should be a massive fine. We'll figure out a way to find me on the on the primetime show the same way that we do on the radio show. So the teams right now, Corey Levin and Jordan Ruse. So that's team uh, the boys, not team Titan, but team the boys. Uh, team Booze Ponies, you have uh, Dana Beers and somebody named Feidelberg, who is a apparently a barstool employee. You have DeForest Buckner and George Kittle. That's team number three. You have Team Midland, uh, who is a country act. You have Team Supervillains, Uncle Laser, a comedian, and James Neal, the former Nashville Predator. James Neal is absolutely a supervillain. That's hilarious. David Bakhtiari and, uh, oh, uh, Tucker Craft. So Tucker Craft, the 
tight end for the Green Bay Packers. So those are the six teams that have been announced so far. I believe Taylor told me there were 12. So he's I, they're just throwing a party around Beer Olympics. Uh, I'm not on a team competing, but uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm probably going to uh, I'm probably going to end up being recruited to do some announcing in the middle of all this, which is uh, not my I'm not a play-by-play guy. So at, to embarrass myself and bunch of in, in front of a bunch of drunk professional athletes is uh, probably not something that I'm mentally or physically prepared for. But we will see how it goes. I will report back. We're we're scheduled to do primetime that night, that Tuesday night. I don't know why they're doing two beer Olympics at noon on a Tuesday, but uh, we will see what kind of shape I'm in after the beer Olympics at Lawan's place. It sounds like it's going to be quite the affair. That's going to do it for us tonight here on the primetime show. We always appreciate you guys spending your time. We are ending the show this week in a different way. We are ending not with the uh, deluded Jags fan who's here to steal the show, we are ending the uh, we are ending the primetime show with a video that is telling you guys about the great work that Home Street Home is doing. We've got our charity bowling event coming up in less than a month, July the 13th. I know it seems like it's far away. It's really not. If you guys haven't bought tickets to this, please do so before they sell out because I want as many of you to have the opportunity to come and hang out with us and a lot of special guests. I'm gonna be doing a lot of recruiting for the bowling for the for the bowling event. At Beer Olympics, I haven't told Lawan yet, but I'm absolutely going to take advantage of that Rolodex and uh, see if we can't get some uh, special appearances for the Split Happens Bowling event. Bird is going to drop the link to the event for you to buy tickets in the chat. The proceeds go to charity. They also include for you free food, free booze, and four hours of unlimited bowling from 6 to 10 p.m. at Kings Bowl in Cool Springs. So we're going to end the video with a little bit more, inf- or end the primetime show with a video explaining to you a little bit more about what Home Street Home does. See you guys. Very important. I got my belly full, and I got a nice place to sleep in my tent, and they help me all the time. It's only by the grace of God that he has placed people in my life for me not to experience some plights as others. Brother Steve and his ministry are a blessing. Bottom line, y'all fed me when I was hungry. I appreciate it. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. Give us food, give us heat for the winter. A caring organi- organization that that cares for the people in the community and just uh, feel feel better about living. It means we ain't gonna be cold this winter. The folks take care of them. They've been providing us with propane, tents, food, hope. You name it, they got it. I don't know how to make it without them, to tell you the truth. My name's Stephen Young and I'm the founder and executive director of Home Street Home Ministries. For nearly five years, I called this corner home. And during that time, I never saw one outreach worker from one organization. I stood here day in and day out wondering, do I matter? Does anybody really care? So when I founded Home Street Home, I did so with one purpose, and that was to make sure that we didn't leave anybody standing on the corner wondering, do they matter? Does somebody care? And that is why Home Street Home goes to where they are 
wherever they are, in the city, in the outlying areas, we go to them. And that's what Home Street Home means to me.